Hey, everybody. Wife of the party number 45. Number 44 was with Sam Fisher and her dad, Lance. And I didn't feel that Sam got to, uh, we didn't get to hear from Sam enough. So I asked her to come back right away at the crack of dawn a couple days later and talk about how she felt about this interview with her dad. So this podcast is just me and Sam talking about um, episode 44. And I think it was a pretty good conversation. Um, so thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you haven't listened to 44, maybe you should before you listen to this one. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. Yeah, so everybody understands it's like 7 (laughs) a.m. And uh, Sam and her dad were here Friday. Today's Monday. And I just didn't feel like Sam got to talk enough. I I mean, Lance is a talker. He is a talker. He's a talker. He doesn't stop. No. And I kept going, but what does Sam think? But what does Sam think? But what does Sam think? And he would never let you say what you thought. So I thought we would remove him from the equation. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? Um, I, you know, I was really nervous coming into it, actually. I could tell. I was, and, and part, and I walked away and part of me thought like, okay, don't be self-conscious about how much he talks. Like, that's no reflection of you. Like, you know, there, but there was this moment of like, oh my God, not embarrassment, but just like, I don't know. It, It was, it was after we finished and walked away and. It was like, I should have managed that better. But it's not managing. It's nothing. It was like nothing. It's my dad. And I love him for who he is. But it's just, he does talk a lot. And I find myself, when I'm with him anywhere, Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, dad, stop talking. You know? Yeah, yeah. Saying that to myself of like, okay, it's becoming too much now. Like, you're becoming maybe too much for people. Well, he wasn't too much for me. I just, we would have needed four hours (laughs) to have gotten your point of view. Because, and I don't know that we would have gotten it. We would have just had four hours of Lance. No. Which, I love your dad. Yeah. And I love for him to talk. I have no problem with that. But I wanted more of a back and forth. Yeah. I don't think he came for a back and forth. I think he came to tell some stories. Yes. And to talk about his path and his experience and i completely respect that yeah so now maybe you and i can have a back and forth perfect so how did it make you feel when you heard him talk about like why he was on drugs well it was very interesting because i a a good maybe half of that i didn't know what do you mean i wait what half I just, I didn't know kind of the path of how it all went. And because I was a kid, Mm. you know, I kind of, I thought that he was on drugs much earlier than he was, but I'm, but 
And actually, that's not true because he was. I did. I thought I actually thought the drug started when we moved to Victorville. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they were happening when I was younger, when when we were living in Monrovia and he kind of moved us to get away from it. Right. I I knew nothing about any inheritance that he got like yeah i know so i saw your face many things. I, was, I was like she didn't know about that i had no idea and it's just so crazy to me and i think that that's also what makes his story really beautiful is that he did have something and mm. he got to losing everything mm -hmm. that everything that mattered to him and now i do fully believe that he would never go back because he's experienced the both right and now he has every he has everything right and he has all of us and he, he has a bunch of grandkids so i do think it's you know a beautiful evolution to kind of like hear about but there were definitely things that, that were like wow okay but i did know i knew when there were drugs in the house he did tell me when i was old enough i mean i wasn't really old enough to know no, because yeah. i was like 10 yeah but um I do remember a specific time of him telling me when it was just when he and I were living alone together and nobody else was there. And he told me, this is what's in the house. Right. And I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, what my moving bike. Yeah, bike shift. Um, I don't know what my response was back then, but it, it was very, it's very odd to look back. Well, it's odd, isn't it, to live in the world you live in now? And think about the world you came from. I know my world is nothing like your world, but it's definitely different than here. Yes. And I look back and go, yeah, people just walked around with guns on their belt, like everywhere all the time. And that was the norm. And then you go here and you go, yeah, that's not the norm here. So like when I took Sandy back to Georgia and she floated the river and she was like, why does everybody have a gun? And I'm like, because there's snakes everywhere and you just want to shoot a snake it's not about anything it's not about a person it's about the wilderness right it's about you know that so don't you know you you're good you're good <laughs> i know there's a shotgun in the boat and there's a pistol on every hip but this is normal here and, right but it it really took her aback because right. why would you ever think that floating a river would require a gun um it require is a strong word but in their mind it is required because they're on that river every single week right so they see the snakes i mean and people think it's a snake whatever uh-uh no 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 i've been chased by snakes like i don't i wouldn't pursued by snakes yeah. and you don't they're scary as shit so yeah bring yeah. a gun to a snake fight <laughs> for sure but, but now you're sitting in this world looking back into that world does that give you any like for me, it makes me go, wow, that that's that's crazy that I was able to exist in those two places. Do you ever feel like that? I do. I do feel like that. Mm. I feel like um, it, it, it was my normal, mm. although I had, you know, so I didn't know any better, but I had my my best friend who lived across the street who we snuck out of the house together. Her parents did not, they were very clean teachers and, okay. you know, family of four kids. And right. that to me, even though I knew my, that drugs were my normal and kind of moving every, you know, six months, every year, whatever it was, 
I wanted that. Mm-hmm. Like that was the idea. That was what a family looked like to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I think my upbringing was a little bit normal-ish up in Victorville. Yeah. Um, and then now being here, I'm like, what the fuck? It's a completely different. And yeah. and I find myself thinking, I wonder what people think about my dad. Like, yeah. I wonder what they think when they see him because he's not like anybody here. No, 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 no. There's no one here like no. your dad. No. Well, I mean, my dad shows up to pick up in overalls. There's no one here like my dad either. (laughs) Your dad is a little more identifiable as being different. Yes. He is very visually different. And, but I wonder, that's not what I mean. Well, I guess it is sort of what I mean. But what I mean is sometimes I find myself feeling a very fish out of water. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, I do. Like where you go, I don't belong here. I I feel that I don't really anymore, but I have probably until I was about 35, every community in New York City, when I first came here, when I talked to writers, I would go, I don't belong here. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't, I've never read Volier or whatever you're talking about. I don't know. I don't belong in this place. Do you ever feel like that? I do. I don't know if it's an I don't I don't I don't know like how much of it is an I don't belong here mm-hmm. or rather just um I'm really different and yeah, I didn't yeah, have yeah. these experiences mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know the mm-hmm. experience that I had. Right. And not that I'm afraid to talk about it because I will openly talk about it with anybody. But I'm not going to be like, hi, I'm Sam. And I, my dad was a drug addict. and My mom was absent <laughs> mother. Like, you know, right. and yeah. I, Why would you do that? Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of people don't know that. But unless it's like, oh, have you ever read something or have you ever seen that? And I'm like, no, I didn't have a I didn't do those things as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I was I burning my leg on motorcycle sports. pipes. Right. Okay. <laughs> I had bigger fish to yes. fry. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, I was taking care of some kids when yeah. I was doing what you, when you guys were doing that, you know? Right. Right. So there is that piece. I do. It is funny though, to go back to, um, to go back up to the desert and I, f- there's a sense of comfort and then there's also a sense of like, oh my God, I can't fucking be here. This is not. Yeah. I, I feel different now going up there. You do. Like I don't belong there, even though there's a comfort level of like knowing the places. And it's just if it's I don't know if that makes any sense. It does make sense. I completely understand. I go back home and I go, oh, Mm -hmm. how soon do we leave? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You relax. (laughs) And then you go, I can't stay here for a long time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I understand. Um, I actually don't mind staying with my family so much but I don't know I start walking I I don't know yeah it's hard sometimes you go back and go this is this is home Mm -hmm. and I need to go home Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I need to go back home and I love this home but I gotta go home um well did it make you feel was there anything in the conversation with Lance that I know you said there were a lot of things you didn't know but was there anything that made you that like clicked something that made you understand something more? Um, I did. You know, I did know that he came from a pretty rough. He had a, he, he was trouble. And I don't know if that was created by what he came from. 
and like the house that he was raised in mm-hmm. um or if that you know was just who he was he was right. meant to be troubled the troubled teen kid um so i think that there was um we've we've never talked about it before never talked about what uh my childhood so everything that he said some of it i knew Mm -hmm. obviously because i experienced it Mm -hmm. but we've never sat side by side and i've never heard him talk about any of his regrets or anything Mm -hmm. that you know his upset about losing kind of everything right it's not something that he's been pretty open about no and not 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 that we couldn't talk about it but um it was it 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 took me back a little bit i had to i got emotional a couple of times listening to him um because it's not something actually that any of us talk about right my siblings from that side um my dad (coughs) why do you think that is well my younger siblings had a very different experience Mm -hmm. to mine and they also have a very different relationship than with my dad and they were babies when it was you know it got really bad but they were still pretty young Mm -hmm. so i don't it affected them in different ways than it affected me right and i also think that they had stronger moms they had stronger moms right so well it sounded like dana was kind of the rock star of the three yes and that julie was okay but she got kind of she kind of went down a rabbit hole a little bit too sounded like she did and i and i wanted to say that because i i loved julie and i do remember how much she fought for us and then i think that i became very angry with her because it was very clear my dad chose her over us oh and that was you know really hurtful yeah and whether it was subconscious or conscious you know who knows but it just felt like oh she's more important and yeah you're willing to do whatever you need to do to keep her but we're here you know yeah we're here and it doesn't matter as much um so it it was an interesting experience sitting here and i don't know if it if there was anything that was like oh my god that totally makes sense or if it was just like wow i'm hearing just a lot of things from him yeah that i've not heard before right and more than that i think you know a couple years ago i had to really deal with when when my mom was passing away Mm -hmm. and i had to come to the understanding of i didn't have to but i came to the understanding of they didn't choose to be terrible parents right nobody walks in and says i'm gonna totally fuck this shit up no and no you're right you know and so it and and because i had to come to that place with my mom Mm -hmm. i think in many ways i was able to come to that place with my dad and not that i blamed him for a lot but he that was his choice that was his way out at that time right and what am i going to do about that you know he didn't he was here physically he wasn't here mentally i do think i probably have more fucked up things from him than I do my mom like I thought my mom really affected me mm-hmm. but you and I have talked about before like I think it's actually my dad mm-hmm. 
that affects me more and I have to deal with that and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You know, it's so funny when I went back and listened to our original podcast with me, you and Lynn about our dads. Yeah. I was talking in that podcast <clears throat> and it, you just reminded me of it, of the time when I went to therapy and my therapist was like, talk to me about your mom. And I was like, she's a bitch. She's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he said, talk to me about your dad. And I said, he's amazing. And he went, let's start with your dad. Yeah. Because you hold on to that one for whatever reason, that one was the one for you. Your dad was the one. Yeah. He was the one that you attached to for for survival. Yeah. And when you do that, it's really hard to start unraveling that cord and to know that you're not severing it. You're just untangling yeah. it. That's very and and in all honesty, I have to say, with doing that with my dad. It was really good for me and healthy, but it did change our relationship <clears throat> entirely because he was on a pedestal. Yeah. And then when you take him off the pedestal, you can't, you don't behave the same. And then that affects the person that was previously on the pedestal because mm-hmm. then they know they're not treat being treated the same. I wouldn't treat my dad badly. Right. But then I start making decisions on my own. I start I stop deferring to him for everything because I start standing on my own two feet and, and being balanced and not having him in the back of my head with every decision and it affects your relationship. So the good news is I guess you get to have a more clean relationship. It's more healthy and balanced but it's not the same and there's a part of you I think or there's a part of me anyway that misses that dysfunctional part mm. because it was so attached yeah and there's part of me that goes oh that I really miss that I miss that I was that close to my dad in that way and you know you can't it wasn't healthy um but it's what I did to survive until I got to an age where I went, I, I think this is unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad we got to here, but I think maybe, yeah, maybe this needs to shift. It's really scary because you don't know if the other person can survive it. Yeah. That's the scary part is you don't know if the other person, my need to care for my dad so strong that it took me a long time to go okay <laughs> yes you need to care for yourself and, yeah. and let daddy figure out daddy yeah for once because part of the problem was i was caring for my dad right but i understand what you mean not only would it be scary because of the stuff that your dad talked about is scary yeah just that as a child but it would affect your relationship with Lance in some way, maybe for the better, but you just don't know. It's like having, you know, the one in the hand versus two in the bush. Yes. Where you go, okay, I got this one in my hand. I could have two in that bush, but there also could be none. Right. And I'm not sure about that, so I'm not willing to wish, risk the one in my hand, you know. Yeah. That's very scary. I completely respect that. Um, but I don't know, Sam. That's a lot of business there. That's a lot to process when he was talking about cooking meth and, you know, the stuff that I was thinking of. And Lance, I'm sure you'll listen to this. Lance, I think I think he is an, a, a really stellar dad now. He's amazing. But when he's talking, I'm thinking, uh, who's listening to Sam? Who's hugging her? Mm-hmm. 
who is and I'm sure Lance was but I wasn't getting that from his stories right like I didn't get that from the story so maybe it was happening he just left that part of, you know she sat <laughs> on my lap while we watched football on Sunday or whatever but I no. kept thinking who's concerned about what she's eating for dinner who is who is seeing her yeah like who sees her my dad saw me hundred percent. I showed up and he saw me and he went, I love that girl. And I never got the sense that Lance did love you, but there's a layer that a child needs from a parent that I didn't hear him saying you were getting. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, and I don't remember when I was younger, you know, we did I think probably have a really, we did do a lot of fun things before it got really bad and when he still had money. Um, But I don't remember a lot of love given. Right. And the person who did take care of us was my great grandma. Yeah. And so that was a really, really rough loss for me when she passed because I was an adult. She only passed away like five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Right. So it, you know, that is so unusual for so many people around me but um i was so fortunate to have her for so long yeah and she really is the one who did to come in she was like silently secretly supporting us and giving us money yeah but that's not the i mean that is very valid and it's very nurturing right but it's not the same no not that every parents every kid has someone every day that nurtures and coddles and loves but i when he was talking i felt a very big lack of it yeah did you see what i mean yeah uh i didn't get that every day either i got it every other weekend when i went to my dad's yeah and it wasn't all day every day i wasn't like you know (laughs) put in a chamber (laughs) of hugs and loves right but i just felt when he was talking a big void there yeah of that kind of you know biker gang meth manufacturer probably not a softy no probably not a warm and fuzzy much no so and he and and the funny thing is is that he really is so i don't know yeah, he really is now he really the biggest is now. hugger yeah oh i mean ever. you i could talk to him five times a day and every time he's gonna say i love you before like yeah okay i'll see you in a bit okay love you bye like every right. not a phone conversation ends without an i love you right and always hugging you know every time and so you know i don't know there's so much that i blocked out from my childhood right um because there's too much oh yeah well yeah i'm sure so i can't even imagine sam did you ever see him making meth i not that i recall no. i never saw it um i saw him almost die that you was did? pretty rough what do you mean he the two of us were living together and when you were like 10 yeah when i was like 10 and it's around the time that we you know did the motorcycle ride and his friend frankie was around and um he was coming down and he couldn't get out of bed and i just i remember like being a pitch black room and i just i thought like i don't like he's dying i don't know what's going on i don't know what to do god how scary um where was lance was he with you no, Little he Lance. was living, I think he was living with my grandparents at the, at that time. Because mm. Lance left, he left a couple of times to go live with my dad's real parents. Mm-hmm. And then 
he's also lived with my mom's mom, my grandmother, and then my Why is that? Why did they separate you guys? You know, I, I, I don't remember why we were separated at that time. I don't know if it was that I wanted to be with my dad and Lance wanted to be somewhere else. I'm not sure why it happened. Because I don't think we were old enough to really make that decision, but I'm sure we were still going through court because we were always in and out of court. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not really sure why we were separated. It wasn't for a long time. Right. I don't remember it being for a long time. But I do remember that I was the only one living in the house. Right. With him. And I don't know if, you know, maybe at that point in time, it was like, I'm I'm the woman of the house. I need to take care of my dad. I need to be there for him. You know, yeah. I don't want to leave him. Um, until it then, you know, became too much and I did have to go, but yeah, there, there are are a lot of things that I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to close that into the closet. Uh, We're not going (laughs) to deal with that. Um, I was just thinking as we were talking about him now, what do you think it would have been like to have had Lance now, the Lance we have now? for your childhood oh god I don't know I don't I don't know because I do feel like I'm so incredibly fortunate to have I am who I am now because of who created me then yeah that's right so it, I've never really thought like, oh my God, if my life could have been different and my parents were actually the parents that I wanted them to be. Right. You know, I just, I wouldn't be surrounded by so many amazing people and it wouldn't, it just wouldn't be the same. So it's hard to look back and think that is possible. I'm consistently grateful that, you know, he is present in who he is now. And I do wonder like, what th- what's going through my kids' heads? Because this is not the person that I experienced. Right. And they do know, they don't know the extent. Oh, sure. But, but um, you know, my dad wants, has always wanted Billy to know, you know, you're the reason I'm here now. Like, right you started this and you're the reason why I got sober. So it's been something that my dad's kind of some semi openly talked about, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think to myself knowing who he was as a kid and knowing who he is now, I think like, what do the kids think? But then I have to realize they don't, they have no idea who he is except for who he is right now. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't look back on it much. I don't think maybe if I unleashed the, millions of skeletons right the nasties then <laughs> the nasties came I, out i might be you know feeling differently but it's hard to think you know i have like four beautiful children and i i don't nothing would be the same it would be very different yes it would i agree with you i feel the same way about my upbringing yeah i definitely my upbringing made me who i am today in every capacity yeah. um even with the hard work that i did um I learned to work hard from my childhood. Yeah. You know, there's, I can all put it back to my mom and dad. So, and, and my personal disposition and wiring that they created, but right. really didn't have a lot to do with other than just <laughs> having sex. But, right. <laughs> um, but, so I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I was just curious if you ever thought about that. Because I don't really 
think about that. I think about other other stuff. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say. I like, just realized I need to edit myself there. Okay. Um, but, um, oh, I had another question for you, and now I don't remember what it was. Oh, um, shit, Sam. What was it? I don't know. Well, and just as you were saying that back to me about you don't really think about it either, when I think about you, there aren't many people who are like us. No. And for sure not. You know, so I love the strength that I have mm-hmm. to the street smarts and the life smarts and the, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of people have the balls to just kind of say what they're going to say and do it. And like, we're going to make this shit happen. And so I'm grateful to that because I wouldn't want to be like I, I want to figure out how I can give that to my kids without giving them a shitty childhood. Yes, I know. Isn't you know what key? I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Like, yes, I know. Totally know. Because what you it's mean. a lost. It's a. It's not that it's an, an art, but it's kind of a lost art. The right. the resilience, right, of being able to fight and being willing to fight through anything. Yeah, survival instinct. Right. That is, um, like forged like a steel sword. Yes. Right. From all these rough <laughs> happenings. I agree with you. I, th- you know, my neighbor what, is a retired school teacher, and she was asking me about um, my kids and chores and stuff, and and kids like kids these days not being the same as kids were back in our day, even. And to her, in her opinion, because she's you know late seventies, kids in our day were a pain in the ass too. But right. they're even worse now. And I was like, you know, the hard part as a parent is you want them to succeed but like if you think about school my kids have two and a half hours of homework every day after school and I'm going to ask them to do chores on top of that so they have 30 minutes to be a kid right I'm not cool with that so until they're a certain age I'm doing their chores so that they can do their homework which was not the life we lived right we had maybe half hour of homework maybe yeah and then you got time to do chores because you do a half hour of chores and you're cool but chores are important but how the hell do you get it in their day and let them be a kid but our parents definitely didn't said we didn't say you know let's make sure she has time to be a kid <laughs> no you know as i think about my dad you know, I don't know why or how he did this, but we lived in a log cabin. There was no heat. So the heat was the fireplace. So we had to chop wood. So we lived on 20 acres that was forest. So we'd go cut a tree down, chop it, but it's got to dry. So you mm-hmm. can't like just use it. You're chopping it like for next year so it can dry. Over the, but we'd cut it down, cut it in big chunks, and we had a big hydraulic wood splitter. And we'd have to split the wood with this hydraulic splitter, which means you'd have to pick up this piece of a tree that was like, I don't know, 18 inches in diameter and sit it on there. And I couldn't pick it up by myself. My dad's roommate's son was my age. We'd have to pick it up together and run the hydraulic. And he'd just watch us. And it was fun uh-huh and that was <laughs> terrible work we had to dig a ditch once from like we had to dig out under our house because our house wasn't draining the ditch was like head high 
Now, clearly, I didn't dig this whole ditch. My dad and his roommates dug the ditch. But we had shovels, and we were in the ditch, and we were helping. And there was no discussion about it. My kids, if I asked them to dig a ditch with me. Forget it. Death and dying. They would would be like, (laughs) death and dying. I mean, this morning, George has a stomachache. Isla's chest is heavy. And I, this morning, I just went, I would like one week, please, where someone is not trying to con me into staying home from school. Um, Do you know what would have no. happened if I'd conned my mother this much? I'd be backhanded across the room. I know. But I don't, I, I find myself going, now how heavy is your chest? And, I'm, and I hate myself as I'm doing that because I'm going, I have to validate how she feels. Bullshit. Sometimes I go, bullshit. Yeah. I should say you're going to fucking school. And that's your fucking problem. Yes. But I don't, I don't do that because I was treated that way. I know. And I don't want my kids to feel like, oh, so I am the part of the problem that's coddling people in America and making these soft people. So it's really crazy that I grew up the way I grew up. And then now I'm making life so easy for my kids in a certain way. Yeah. Um, There's another podcast I need to do with you and Lynn about sort of about the subject um, about blue collar versus white collar Mm. and moving from that class yeah from blue collar into white collar and the differences yeah Uh, i just heard a podcast about it and it's fascinating so i need to book you guys because you're the only three that i know that has moved from blue collar maybe we could say white trash (laughs) white trash white collar because i was definitely white trash i'm pretty sure I don't know if Lynn would qualify herself as like I know, but definitely not. blue collar. Yes, but I wonder. Yeah, there's a when I go back home, they parent like I parent like I was parented. Still, yeah, they still spank. There's like absolutes in a different way than the absolutes are here, and um, and the kids are angrier there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and but which was what was happening to me. Yeah. They're very fuck you there. But I feel like they're very fuck you here too. They are. It's just in a very different it's way. It's in a different it's way. In, it's it's in an a elevated fuck you. fuck you. <laughs> Maybe, I guess. The other one's just like, fuck you, I'm going to go do math. As like, I'm oh. driving away with, you know, my brand new Tesla as a 16-year-old, it's an yeah, entitled yeah. fuck it. you. Forget it. I mean, not that that's, it is happening, I'm sure, somewhere. But it's, it is very, it's very different because I do, I do feel, not, I don't get upset with myself, but I just feel like, fuck, you kids have no idea. Oh, yeah. Lynn and I talk about this a lot, too. You have no idea. Oh, right. You're whining because I'm asking you to clean your room? Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would have spent my day in the room. Yeah. With the door closed. Not yes. allowed to come out. Yeah. Until it was clean. And me, yes. That uh-huh. was exactly me, too. And I just, and not that it needs to be that extreme, but just the idea of, you know, the work ethic. Like, mm-hmm. I everything I have is because I busted my ass. Yeah. I begged for my first job at 15 and a half. Wouldn't give it to me because it wasn't legal. I was too young. And I'm like, called him numerous times. Please, 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 please. And finally, he did. And, you know, it's just, there's, that does not exist. No, not really. It doesn't exist. And it's so upsetting because I don't want to fucking hand you over whatever you want. No. It doesn't create a good child. No. And I don't have the money to do that anyway. Right. And like get off the damn Fortnite and go babysit. You know, like what? I just. Yeah. This is life. Take some initiative. Right. 
Yeah. And I, there's just not a lot. My partner may not be very helpful in this situation because he just <laughs> buys them everything. And I just keep mm. going, baby, we give them an allowance. Let them buy it for themselves. Yeah. And Georgia babysits. And she babysat last year because she wanted to buy something specific. I don't even remember what it was. And I told her I would match her money because, you know, nowadays the things they want are $300. They're not 50 bucks. Right. So I go, okay, I'll match it. You pay half, I pay half. I think that's fair. You're still learning the lesson. Um, She was the most proud. I don't even remember what it was now. Oh, it was a Fitbit. She wanted a Fitbit. And I was like, so babysit. And you do half and I'll do half. And she's so proud of that Fitbit. She loves it still. And I think it's because she bought it with her own money. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, I don't have a very good partner in that. He he was brought up very white collar. It's part of that discussion we have. <laughs> um, anyway, back to Lance. Anything else you'd like to say about your dad? Anything? Anything in there that made you uncomfortable, that you didn't want people to know, that you didn't want people to hear? Anything? No, I you know, I kind of... I was thinking about it this morning, actually, um, on my way over here, in just that maybe hearing there's nothing that I wouldn't have wanted him to not say because he speaks his truth and I speak mine and I appreciate that mm-hmm. um and you know the thought just went through my head of like maybe I don't obviously I don't know myself outside of myself but maybe hearing that makes sense in knowing me about some things I don't because I don't talk about a lot of things so maybe it'll be like oh okay uh, you know, or maybe not. I don't really know. Right. But, but, you know, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Sort of. Kind like of. like for me. Right. You mean not not for you or him, but for people who know you. Yes. Would say, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it does do. It, it um, I was talking to Bert about this last night because he asked me how it went. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when you hear Sam's story, you don't know Sam from that. She's never divulged that. And the first time I heard it, you know, on our first podcast a few months ago, I was like, holy cow, mm-hmm. how are you a functioning human being? Um, and then when you hear it again, you go again. It's really a testament to who you are, to um, the metal you're made of and the strength you have as a person, because. Uh, there are so many people who don't survive childhoods like that. They just go into drugs just like they were brought up in. Yeah. And they make a different choice. They don't transcend classes. They don't make um, make uh, make something of themselves sounds bad. But you, you know what yeah. I mean? They don't persevere over all those obstacles because... Our kids' obstacle is I have too much homework, <laughs> you know, and yes. for someone to go, I, I no one's hugging me. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely food insecure. I my dad is physically here, but might be dying in a dark room. He's yelling and screaming and maybe calling me names. I don't know. You never said that, but my impression he probably was well, my impression remember. was the yelling and screaming was not. I love you so much. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> you are the best daughter ever. <laughs> no. Uh, my impression was maybe that's not what he was yelling or screaming. No. And the women in and out of the house. And I mean, I'm someone that had lots of people in and out of their house. And that's, you know, I don't know how it affected you. But at a certain point, I was like, oh, here's a fucking another one. We got another one mm-hmm. here. 
Is yeah. this another person you're asking me to attach to that's going to eventually leave? Yeah. yeah, forget it. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to see you. You know, not so much with my dad. He had one constant through my childhood. But with my mom, these men would show up and I'd be like, good to see you. Yeah. Right. Good I, luck. I give you six months. Yeah. You know, and you'll be out the door too. So whatever. Um, it makes, it made me very um, apathetic, maybe. Mm. Maybe very, not cynical, but not willing to uh, form a relationship with somebody. Not willing to even try. I I do think that that is what that what has been created in me now is that I I do have a pretty high wall, mm-hmm. and and I'm aware. I would of that. agree with that. And you know, if and not not to make this sound bad, but if you make it in, like I am fiercely protective, right, with all of my being of anybody who's in my life, right, right, and you know, I'm I am very much like my dad in that way of like don't fuck with me, and a lot of people don't see that side of yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what my dad was saying about me is very true, and I have a nasty temper, and people are like, what? I don't. Yeah, I would never I believe don't that. Fucking believe you? For yeah, a yeah, yeah. I actually don't like, believe you, <clears throat> but don't cross me, and and it doesn't happen very often, but. You know, I do, I do think because they were not reliable humans in my life, uh-huh. I had to keep myself very armored right? and right. because I'm not going to let you in so that you can hurt me. I was that way forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I was that way actually until pretty recently. Like the first time I met Sandy, she tells this story all the time. She said, I looked her up and down like, what's this fucking bitch about? <laughs> Who the hell are you? She said, the first time I met you, I thought you were an asshole. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching because I was, I was watching. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be an asshole until I decide not to be. I don't think I was ever really an asshole. I definitely wasn't the warm person that I really am because I still was figuring out how to be okay. You know, there's a certain shift I think that happened for me where I went, Oh, nobody can hurt me, actually. Mm-hmm. Not one person. Mm-hmm. So bring your crazies. Yeah. Bring your lunatic. Bring your bitchy woman. That's fine. I'm still going to be the same person. But when I met Sandy like seven years ago, so I'm 48. Right. So at 41, I was still going, who are you? No, you stay back. But I think at a certain point, I just went, Why? How, how does that get me anywhere? And I think I... Didn't realize I did that until Sandy told me that. Mm. I was like, I really did that to you? And I think I did it to everybody that I just keep arm's length. Yeah. um, Until I have really sussed out your intention. Yes. You know, I don't like, I don't like covert ops from people. I like to know exactly what is happening. And if I feel like you're saying one thing and doing, as I say, talking out of the side of your neck, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah. I can't get in that. Do you think that's completely down for you? No, it's not completely down. I don't think it will ever be completely down, but it's way down compared to when I first met Sandy. Yeah. Uh, I think the World Fair helped me with that a lot. You know, working with all those volunteers and people coming at you being angry and... And you're like, hey, dude, we're just all volunteering. Right. And this is a fundraiser for a, an elementary school. It's supposed to be fun. Can we just take fun, it down? People. And I think it made me have to put 
those things down because I, I approached that job, you know, for people to, who don't understand. This is a fundraiser that about 8,000 people visit in one day. It is a fair that parent volunteers build from the ground up Thursday and Friday. The fair is Saturday, and then we tear it down on Sunday, and we're back to school as usually on Monday. It's an intense and massive undertaking mm. that the entire community is involved in, and it's a really powerful experience. So I was in charge of, I was one of the people in charge of kind of volunteers and building the fair. So I had to think about it. These None of these people are getting paid, obviously. They're mm-hmm. all volunteers. We're all here for, for the greater good. So my job was to just be an open book for anybody who showed up to volunteer to just say thank you for helping and just be massive gratitude at all times no my my approach to that entire role was gratitude 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 no attitude just gratitude because these people are spending their time and a lot of the people in this neighborhood feel very entitled and feel like i should have this job and to just go you know what that's where they are and to validate that even if i don't agree with it for that role because i was representing the school right had i been representing myself oh fuck no i would have handled myself very differently but i think i learned a lesson in having to do that do you know what i mean yeah and having to do that i went why am i such a hard ass on every single person (laughs) every person i'm like who are you what do you want why are you calling i know bert bert the other day we had this text message thread with some business stuff and I, I, I felt, I felt the C word in me gathering, mm. the storm of the C word uh, uh, gathering, uh, uh, and I couldn't help myself. And I sent this text message like, my my undertone was, "You guys are a bunch of fucking idiots." Yes, but I sent the text message, and Bert, no one responded. It was total crickets. Like, still has been crickets. This happened on. Saturday, still total oh, crickets. Good, yeah. And last night I said to Bert, "What do you think about that text message?" He's like, "I just, I just love it when you act like that." <laughs> he said, "It makes me so happy because I could never do that." Right, I could never do that. And I think it's so important. I, it's so important to be able to do that. <laughs> to be able to go, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Who's driving this ship? What are you doing? It is hard though to get crickets. Whatever. I know. I pay their bills. I, you know, it's this. <laughs> I is write true. them checks. This is true. Uh, I, I, whatever. I, you know, I still feel like my walls up, and I, and I think it gets misunderstood as me being a bitch. I agree. I agree. And it's that's what happened with me. Unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate because I'm. I don't think of myself as that unless yeah. I have to be. Yeah. But I, I'm just super protective. Like I, because I'm the same way. Right. Like be straightforward be honest Uh with me we're not talking behind our backs Uh, like we're like this is the real shit or it's not happening yeah 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 because who has time for bullshit who has time for bullshit and what you don't know what people don't know i think is people that have big walls are very um vulnerable on on the other side of the wall yes so i don't think i'm as vulnerable as you are i think you are way more vulnerable than i am on the other side of the wall yeah I and it's, yes, I think you are. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. it's just, it's just that for you to for someone to get over the wall, is still it's very fragile in there a yeah. little bit. Yeah, for a little while until you get your feet under you. Yeah, a bit. 
Um, it, it, that might be part of the like not not sure where I fit in situation too mm-hmm. just a little bit I mean I do my wall did have to come down a little bit when my mom was sick and dying just mm-hmm. because I I was like I can't do this alone actually right right yeah because you grow up right carrying like, this world on your shoulders yes. and then when something happens where you actually need someone you don't know how to let them in yeah it's or at least that's the way it is for me I don't know how to let people in so if I get to a place where I need to like break down I go in my room and close the door and I'm by myself yeah I don't I'm I can break down with Bert but I not fully I spend the whole time trying to protect him Mm. like I I don't want him to feel like I am incapacitated and he he's gonna I feel not spend the whole time protecting him which is what I did with my dad Oh, interesting. I would never show my dad the bad stuff I felt as a child to protect him. Because my dad was very fragile, much like my husband. Hmm. My dad was very fragile. Emotionally very, very fragile person. Um, Did not handle divorce gracefully well at all. Like mental breakdown, like nervous breakdown, like massive breakdown of person. And I definitely married... A similar person so fascinating my dad also has anxiety problems <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah so Bert is my mom in the peacock part and my yeah. dad in the emotional part yeah where my dad is one of the I can tell him how he feels and he totally gets it he completely understands what I'm talking about and can sympathize and Bert's the same way it's amazing how I'm I married a hybrid that of is the two, amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And they're the two parents that I took care of as a child. I took care of both of them. And now I married both of them. And I, you're taking care of both of, both of them. I got a double whammy. <laughs> I'm so doing? smart. Good job. Everyone should listen to everything I say because I'm so <laughs> smart. I can marry one parent. I married two. A plus. Whatever. It's, it's, I'm super happy, happily married. So clearly it works for me in some capacity. I mean, it's not without yeah. frustration. Uh, but I don't think any marriage was without frustration. So. No, it's no, it's not for the family. Or any part. good marriage. You yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah. Well, what was your takeaway from that interview with your dad? What was your takeaway? Um, my takeaway from that is, uh, you know, how do I, how do I put it into words? There's some shit I have to work on because it was, I, I was so nervous going into that and I was actually nervous coming into this one. You were? And I, and doing the original father's podcast, I told, like floored me for a couple of days after. It did. Talk to me about that real briefly. Um, just, I talked about things that I didn't expect to talk about. Really? So that was, and now I, I'm going to get emotional, but. That's okay. There's a um, tissue box right next to you. I know. Does everybody cry? Do you interview everybody and make everybody cry? <laughs> Am I like, the new Baba Wawa? <laughs> that's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> no, no. No. Just occasionally. Um, you know, my, my dad, there are so many things that I wish that I could do different. Now that I only have one parent. Mm-hmm. Because my mom was furious forever why I still talk to my dad. Right. And my reasoning was, my dad says, I'm so sorry I fucked up. 
And my mom said, I'm so sorry for that one time that I don't even remember that I fucked, you know, yeah. that I fucked up. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what time you're talking about. Right. And, you know, in hindsight, now that there's only one of them. Yeah. So much damage was done by my dad. And I love him so much. Yeah. Like so much. I know. And I'm so grateful to have him in my life. But, um as my life has been in transition mm -hmm. it's brought up a lot of that old stuff right for me right and so it's you know there's that takeaway from it like whoo <laughs> well i think it started with that first podcast it really did i think it did i think that podcast whooped your tail it did but you whooped your own tail because you didn't have to tell us any of that I know. So it was time. So what for whatever reason, your little your little self said it's time. Yeah. As you know, long time ago I did a lot of work on your inner child. Yes. I don't know if you've done a lot of inner child work. Not enough. It has to happen. I think maybe not enough. <clears throat> yeah. Because that was people think that's really hokey pokey. It's not. Let me tell you something. That shit will cut you off at the knees. Yeah. It's really hard yeah. and really deep emotional work to talk to your mm -hmm. self as a child mm -hmm. because myself as a child was in a lot of pain and was very sad and needed a lot of love. And I think that therapy, that type of work yeah. healed a lot. Yeah. And I wonder if little bitty Sam showed up to that podcast and went, <laughs> excuse me. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready to party now. Can I come out? Can we talk? Is there something we can talk about this now, please? I really do yeah. think that happened, yeah. Sam. No, I, I do too. I think for whatever reason, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's time now for whatever reason for you. To work on that stuff. Because, Sam, I don't know anybody that has a story like yours. Not one person. I, I don't either. <laughs> and I know a lot of people. Yeah. And I don't know one person that has been through what you've been through. Yeah. With child services, with your dad, with your mom. It's a shitstorm. It's a fucking shitstorm. It's a shitstorm. So, you know, for people like us who've been gifted <laughs> with these childhoods. <laughs> yeah. I think the process never ends. No. Right. Once you get that one layer off, you deal with your mom in a deep way. What's the next layer? You yeah. know, I don't know. Maybe it's not your dad. Maybe it's something else within you. But there's always another layer. And every time I get to that new layer, I go, fuck. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought I was done. I thought I was at the bottom. But there, I think the reality is after that Jair podcast, that my processing with him was, I don't think there is a bottom. No. I don't think there is a bottom for people like you and me. No. I think it is a continual opening instead of a coming to a bottom. To look at it as you're opening a new piece that you shut down. Because like you said yourself, yeah. I just closed the door on that and went, I'm not dealing with that. Well, I think you have to open it. And once you deal with it and it, you can heal it, mm -hmm. your whole being is more open and feels better. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. And then it creates some nice panic about how do I, you know, possibly open up that massive can of worms. I've, I, I don't know why, Sam. 
It's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it creates a lot of panic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like my, ch- you know, my heart's beating real fast as it was yeah. when I came in to sit for that first podcast. Yeah, and you know the and I have. I I wish that I would have done it a long time ago. Well, I mean, you know, it all happens. Everything happens for a reason. But there's but you're when you do only have one parent left, so much stuff gets put into perspective. I understand because I essentially have one parent yeah. left, and and, it's, and even my perspective with that one parent, yeah, is different. You know, where I go, I I feel a lot of loss. Where my yeah. mom's concerned, as if she has passed. And I don't know how I'll feel when she does pass. I don't know if I can do what you did with your mom. I don't know if I can. Um, I don't know if my mom is capable of what your mom is capable of. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, I let her go completely. Yeah. With love and gratitude, sincerely. Yeah. She gave me a ton of great things. Yeah. And I appreciate them. But, you know, she's just, uh, bless her heart. I just, w- I wish she could figure out how to love, how, how, you know. So what, a, could you imagine going through life not really loving? No. Or feeling loved? No. It would be such a heartbreak. Well, and that's, you know, it's a continuation of, if that's what you know, then that's usually what you give. That's right. So, you know, I never, there was never any other choice to me. Right. Like. I don't have the choice to be an asshole parent. Right, right, right. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it, and it's something actually that I'd sit and talk about with my therapist because he's like, no, there's always a choice. I'm like, no, no, John, there's not a choice. Right. There's no choice. Like you get up and you do this and there's no choice. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but there is. But you're and, choosing that you know, choice. But I, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I just, to me, that was kind of always like, there's no choice. I'm not going to be who they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same here. I was not going to be. I was. I actually thought, well, I'm going to be mostly my dad. But I ended up being more my mom than my dad. Fascinating. In the, po- in the positive ways of her. My mm-hmm. mom was so fun. My dad yeah. was really fun, too. But my mom was like goofy, silly fun. My dad was like, let's go. Let's go drive tractors through the mud fun. You yeah. know, where I'm I can be that, too. But. I am both you're both I'm definitely my silly mom the mom that I really enjoyed yeah that I wanted to be open with yes and could not that's the thing is I I really wanted to celebrate with her when she was in those good places but it was too scary yep so I just stayed shut down because it's going to be taken out from underneath you at a moment's notice and yeah in mid song in the chorus she's going to turn left and I'm going to go wait a minute I thought we were going straight right what the fuck just happened everything was fine and it's gone and then that's devastating so you just don't invest which is what I do with friends. Oh my God. It's so, I mean, I'm sitting here, th- I'm, th- you just said that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it just, it's the gift that keeps on giving forever. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's like athlete's foot. Just keeps on giving. Just keeps, you know, it's such a treasure. There's a fungus among us. It's awful. Well, I appreciate you coming at seven o'clock in the morning. I could talk you. forever, but I have another meeting. I could So too. I have to go, but um, thank you. Thank you. Let me just stop here. Thank you for being willing to open yourself up because I may not know anybody that's had your life, but there are a lot of people who have. There's a lot of people who, not exactly, but child services come to their house, they're food insecure, 
or they grew up that way. They grew up with a dad who yelled at them or they grew up with a drug addict or they yeah. grew up in in and out of divorce court. You have so much to offer. I wish I knew people because I do. Uh, that was always something that I wanted to. I wanted to be like a therapist, a school counselor, like because there are people. I don't know them myself, yeah. but there are people and it's a it's a lonely fucking world. Yeah. And people uh, yeah. don't understand the and loneliness. They, you know, don't know what to do with you and yeah. And and it's embarrassing. Absolutely. It's embarrassing. Have you done any work on shame? No. Oh God. I know. Okay, I here's a lot another of book. Stuff. Here's another book. <laughs> you need to read this book called Daring Greatly. It's by Brene Brown. Uh, yes. And it's about shame. I think you actually loaned it to me and I started to read it and it's sitting It's too hard. It's, it's really hard. It's fucking awful. It's really but hard. But it's something you have to deal with because the stuff that made you feel shame as a child that you attached to is not your fault. Right. So when you can again unravel that thread and go oh i have this one piece but all these other knots actually were not mine for some reason it just lets all that go i read that book it was a really powerful book for me not in the way that strong at the broken places was powerful this was a liberating book because i went oh i've taken on all this shit that's not mine yeah and i also learned that i'm the type of person that goes no 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 that's on you that's not me Mm-hmm. So the places that I took shame uh, were fewer and farther between. I was more of a guilt person than a shame person. Yeah. And they're different. A guilt is like, you're blaming me for something, but this is actually your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another mm-hmm. book. Damn it, Sam. You got a so lot of many. work to do. I have a do. lot of reading. <laughs> I have so much work to do. No, but seriously, thank you for sharing because I hope that people who listen can learn or find some solace in it you know some a lot of people who email me about certain episodes say i've experienced something similar and it's just so good to know someone else has too yeah because the loneliness is the killer is to feel like you're totally alone when we're not alone yeah there's you can find someone who had it worse than you all the time or you can find someone who had it almost identical if you if you just seek them out i guess or stumble across this podcast and say wow this was so similar to my experience so thank you for being brave because it really is brave thank you and you know i think about this too one day our kids can grow up and listen to these and it might be interesting to see how they process hearing about your parents not from you right this was part of the reason I started this podcast, too, As I keep saying, I want to write a book about my childhood. I want my kids to understand, and my kids are too young to understand, and I'm hoping that someday they'll listen to them and go, oh, now I get mm-hmm. it. Okay, now I understand what mom was talking about or why she puts quotes on the wall right. in the kitchen every week and forces me to read them. Now <laughs> I understand why. I need to do that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. You please steal it. Yeah. I'll give you my Bible if you want it. I'll yeah. give you a jump start. I would love that. Okay. I, I've heard about that Bible and I do wonder what's in there. Oh, it's a good one. Um, I'm sure it is. Well, thank you. And dad, I love you so much. But you, you know, just want you to know. No, but. No, but. No, but. No, but. No. Say it again. No, but. 
I love you so much. There you go. (laughs) I love you too, Lance. Well, thank you, Sam. And I love you you too, Sam. I love you too. (laughs) Thank you, Leanne. Enjoy your day. Thank you.